You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. Welcome to the show. The interview subject I've got coming up for you is Ryan Miller from the band Black Renault. The catalyst for the chat with Ryan is due to the release of the single called Battle Ready. As an accompanying video as well, I do encourage you to go across to YouTube and check that out. And the group will also be touring throughout May and June. There's a bunch of dates there, all on the east coast of Australia, so do go across to the group's Facebook page and check them out. I will be, hopefully, fingers crossed, at the show on Saturday, May 8th, in Mansfield Tavern on the south side of Brisbane. Something else, Ryan is also one of the fellas at the centre of Cult Etiquette PR, so that was very interesting to talk about as well. Plus, he, he owns a studio down in Sydney, House Fox Studios, rehearsal studios, recording studios, that sort of thing. Plenty to discuss with a fellow as enterprising as Ryan, so here he is. Andy McKay-Smith, how's things? Good, mate. Yourself? Mate, plugging away. Actually, it's been, it's been a good day today. I've got to say, I had a chat earlier for a few hours with Eric Rutan from uh, Morbid Angel and Cannibal Corpse. So, uh Sick. It's uh, not not been a bad day in the in the old metal indie podcaster's life, I must say. Now this, now you, mate, the cherry on the cake. Good man. You know? ah, I'll, 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 I don't know if I quite, uh, you know, come up to that caliber, but I'll, I'll do my best, mate. I'll do my best for you. You know, we I don't know whether you recall, but we had a chat about three years ago or so. I just checked before we got on. That's how long ago it was. Yep. Yep, I do remember. I Three do years remember. Ago. I thought Crazy. So. I thought that's who I was chatting to tonight. I was going to ask you. I was going to double check. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is the same dude. Yeah. How have yeah. you been? How have you been, mate? It's God. I think a lot has changed and nothing has changed at the same time. Meaning, I'm still obviously doing this, so that's great. Yeah. Um. I, I went. Yep. Uh, I think I was at uni when we last had a chat. Either way, I've got a degree since then, so I'm now a, a full-on journalist and and uh, and. And I'm sort of in the halfway point between doing new news media for News Limited and uh, writing books, writing autobiographies. I think it's just a bit like what you guys are doing, yourself and Dicey are doing, man. I'm, we're just trying to spread the word ultimately, and uh, you know, give some give some some relevance to our genre at the same time as actually earn earn a, a living out of it too. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky uh, line to, to to straddle sometimes, you know. Like you got to. On one hand, we both, both Dicey and I, you know, we're, we're musicians. We play, we're both playing bands, you know. Like this is, um, just you know, this is our passion, full stop. It's what mm. we love doing, just for the fun of it, just for just sheer enjoyment of it. Um, but then also, you know, making a, a career out of it as well, and you know, putting, you know, trying to trying to do a full-time as a career as well. It's a, it's a you know, it's a crazy thing sometimes. Most businesses fail within the first 12 months, mate, but given we, we had a, a chat, many small businesses fail within that period, but given our conversation was three years ago, so you've got House Fox Studios, you've also got the band, and you've got, yeah. I, think you've got, I think you've got the rehearsal studio of the same name, if I'm not mistaken. So you're clearly, you're clearly yeah, so this- doing it. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm doing it. The studio started in 2013, and um, so that's this. Uh, what this June will be eight years we've been open for. Hmm. Um, 
so yeah, so it's something I that, that's doing it, and you know, cold etiquette, the new PR agency, that's six months in, um, and you know, that I, I can't see that failing to be honest. And I don't mean to sound arrogant or like to come across, you know, but I just don't see it really not lasting because um, I don't know. We really enjoy doing it. The beautiful thing about the, the PR agency is it doesn't have a ton of overhead, so um, you know, if you have a quiet period, it's not going to kill you. Um, yeah, and that's kind of like I guess one of the benefits about both Dicey and I with the PR thing is that it's not our one hundred percent sole income. Um, mm-hmm. So the benefits of that are obviously we don't really need to stress if uh, you know if something is a quiet month or, or something like like that. But also we don't really have to take anything on purely because we're like oh shit we need to turn over some money like. We simply won't do it if it's – we're not going to take on a, on, on a campaign for something that we don't like in general. Like if it's just not our cup of tea yesterday, or was it today? Today I got an email from a pretty good pop rock sort of indie band um, mm-hmm. and their production was great. The sound was great. It's just not really my thing. Um, you know, I, I don't hate it, but I don't like froth on it. It's not something that makes me go, oh, I've got to crank this up. Um, so I just said, Hey man, it's not really my cup of tea. Thanks for, you know, thanks for hitting us up. Maybe try these guys, you know, and just recommended a couple of other PR agencies. Um, yes. and so that's sort of the benefit I guess of, of well, the, the, the thing that's lucky for us is we sort of have that, um, that luxury that we can sort of, we don't have to take anything on that, that is purely based on, on, you know, making a couple of bucks that week or something, you know? I get it, and and I think you you you're being true to yourself too, and and from from that perspective, you're not looking to turn a quick buck. Have you seen what Earache are doing these days? Earache, the label, obviously the big one in, in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't keep up with every single thing they do all the time. What's um, what are you referring to? So they've basically ditched extreme metal, which they were, which built their brand effectively, and they're doing this nouveau rock shit. Now, to be frank with you, I don't like any of it. I've, without realising it, yep. I've I've done some reviews and turned down some interviews. What was one of the big ones? Was it Black Cherry or something? I don't know. They've all got, to be honest, man. They've got fairly generic names. These bands and more power to them if they go and conquer the world. God knows we need more rock music out there. But I'd rather, when yep. I think of Earache, I think of Morbid Angel, Deicide, Napalm Death, Extreme Noise Terror. You know the list goes on. But they've switched yeah. strategy, and I think. I'd look, these guys, and, and look, Dig, Digby, I've spoken to plenty of musicians and people have dealt with him, and without saying a heap of shit, there's not great feedback, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and yeah. the point being yeah. there is that he's been in business now for 30 or 40 years or so doing that. Now, either he's seen the writing on the wall and just doesn't think there's any money in extreme metal, but he's switching across to this rock music. I don't think there's a lot of money. I don't think there's any more money in rock music than what there is in extreme metal at the moment, because both are completely in the outhouse as far as the mainstream are concerned. But I, I thought it was an interesting strategy, yeah. and, and one day I'd like to have a conversation with him and uh, Al Dawson. I think you know the Australian guy who looks after the American operations as well, and ask him like, "What what are you guys doing?" Like, to your point, you you've received some some interest from a band that is outside of your wheelhouse and said, "No thanks." 
Maybe they just got a ton of knocks on the door and thought, well, no, this is a good opportunity for us to go in this direction and completely re-strategize the way the business is being run. But uh, to be honest, man, I just don't think, I don't know shit from Shinola. I'm not going to say that I do, but if we're talking about long-term, I only ever think that it can hurt a brand. Yeah, I I, I think so too. I mean, like, you know, I I can't, you know, what their whole plan is, you know, who knows what that is, but... In terms of, you know, um, you you got to stay true to what, what, what your core is, you know, like in the same way that like we're having this conversation now about ERA and going on now, they've just completely changed the thing and it's, and it's not really what they built their whole, their whole career on their whole business on their whole, you know, everything on, hmm. um, it comes across as insincere, doesn't it? Like, well, to me it does. That's what it comes yeah. across as. It's yeah. like they're looking, it's it like, um, you, you know, the Goo Goo Dolls thing. And I'll tell you, that's the right way to go about it. Because, you know, Brian picked up, Brian Slagle and Metal Blade picked up Goo Goo Dolls when they were nobodies playing punk. They were covering literally a, a band from Manly near you, man. They were covering Lime Spiders. Yeah. You know, they, these guys were, yeah. were legit. And they just became more mainstream over time. And they, they, they bought a bit of a windfall. I think to Brian and to Metal Blade, that's a bit different. And there were no other Goo Goo Dolls on Metal Blade. There was just Goo Goo Dolls doing that style of music. And to be honest, I quite liked them. I thought they were a pretty good bloody band back in mm. the day. Johnny Rosinic could certainly write a song. Yep. But I think as an overall strategy moving forward, you know, I'm just just to give the, the listeners some awareness about the sort of bands that um, Cult Etiquette look after. So Psychroptic, one of the biggest extreme metal bands around these days. There's you guys, Black Reno. Yeah. King Parrot, okay, another yep. one of the biggest extreme metal bands around these days. A Bremelin, Australian legends. Um, and in terms of, I, I, I spoke to uh, Dr. Colossus not too long ago there. So, Jono there from Dr. Colossus, yeah. you know, so you've got some killer bands here, man. So is, is there a is there a method to the, to the madness, so to speak, in terms of how you pick bands? Or are you just looking for cool people to work with who play extreme music? Yeah, pretty much just, I mean, like a lot of those bands, um, you know, we sort of know just because we've played with them and we're, we're friends with them and stuff as well. So there's, there's a bit of that going on there with, um, with probably, you know, uh, uh, probably half of the bands on that, on, on the list of, of, of our roster at least. Um, and just knowing from being, you know, in the scene for so long and around the traps and all that kind of stuff. But essentially we just, we're after bands that like we think are cool, like pretty much anything that's from sludge, grindcore to you know extreme metal genres whatever you know 20 different labels you want to put on it but anything that's like hard rocking stoner rock through to heavy stuff um we're pretty much keen keen to do we probably wouldn't do a lot of metalcore it's not really my vibe Mm. um but you know sort of more in that those realms of yeah your stoner sludge doom grind death (laughs) all that good stuff all the good um, stuff, like, like pretty exactly. much just can't. Yeah, all that stuff we love. Basically, <laughs> we're really, really interested in working on stuff that we like. We're not going to work on something for the sake of it. It's simple as that. We've got no interest in working on a, on a band that I think doesn't sound great, even if they've got a great production. But if I don't like their songs, I just I'm not going to work on it because I'm not going to. Um, it's nothing against them. It, just, it doesn't mean what they're doing is wrong either. It just means it's not necessarily my vibe. But. I, the whole point of it is to try and give ourselves a workload where we wake up and we turn our computers on and we we sit down to do stuff and we're like, fuck, this is sick. 
you know, like we've got that yeah. feeling of, man, this is awesome. And when we go and when I hit someone up like yourself to say, hey, can you, can you chat with Jono from Dr. Colossus? Um, I'm saying that because, like, I'm stoked to be working on the Dr. Colossus campaign because they're sick, sick band. Well, they're fucking rad. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so just, just approaching it with that kind of attitude. And, and once again, it goes back to the fact that we don't have to take anything on that we don't want to purely to turn a buck. If we have a quiet week, we have a quiet week. It doesn't matter. Um, but what matters to us is that we're working within those genres of music that we, we, we like. So we enjoy what we're listening to and pushing every day, like genuinely, and we can do that passionately and do that sincerely. Um, and, um, yeah, and, and, you know, just, just working with cool bands, bands that, that put the effort in and can put a cool video clip together and can put cool music together and can treat what they're doing seriously and not sort of, you know, half-assed because um, that, once again, that's more enjoyable to work with and you can get results with that, you know. Yeah, you, you're not working with bands that are presenting you a shit sandwich and saying, please help us sort it out. You, you're working with people who already know yeah, well, who I'm, they are. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and if a band comes to us and we've got, like, we've, got, we've, we've got a service there where it's like if you, if you have got something really good going on, like you, you know, you're brewing up some really good music, you're brewing up something that's cool, but you just don't really know how to present it because you're fucking young or you're just new to it or you've never really you know, played in a band before, but it, you just so happen to write really cool music, you just don't know how to present it. So we, we do another thing where we just do like a consultation um, where, you know, nice. we just say, hey, cool, send us all your information and let's, let's give, us, give us everything you've got. Give us your little spiel, your, your, your take on where you want to go and what your dreams are and all your goals and all that kind of shit. And then we'll sort of sit down and break it down. Okay, okay, cool, this is what you need to do for the next two years. And we'd like put together a two-year plan Um and, you know, hey, you know, maybe you should get some decent photos. I mean, the this, this stuff's not, it's not rocket science how to put this stuff together. But it's funny how, how easily people sort of forget or just don't pay attention to it. So sometimes, sometimes a band will come to us with, um, you know, like they're like, hey, we want to do some stuff. And we go, well, you're not quite ready to do some stuff because the video that you put out, that last one, is pretty shit. Mm. No offense, but it's just not very good. Um, you know, there's no point giving us your 1200 bucks or whatever um, to, 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 to launch your album if you don't have good content to go with it or, you're so, or you know, however much to, to launch a single or something. Um, if there's like, a, you know, a shit video clip, like, because I'm not going to send a shit video clip around because no one's going to, like, want to want to put it on their website or share it in their, their fanzine or anything like that, so... Yeah, do, um, do you do you find people deal with? Just help. Do, do you find some people? Sorry. Do you find some people like I, I admire that man because it's direct, man. You're giving people a sort of feedback that they need. Do you find some bands though they take some of the feedback personally? In other words, they disagree with you and go, "Actually, yes, we are. We do have everything all together." Yeah, I mean, well, I, I guess they're not coming to us asking for help when when um, when that happens. And if if a band comes to us and says, "Hey, we want to do this thing," and we just say. I don't know. It, it, it is a kind of a tricky one. That's <laughs> like, oh, hey, man, you're not good enough. But it's not, it's not what we're saying. It's just saying, hey, like, you know, we'll, we'll just generally say, hey, you know, this is, um, you know, this is on the way. You know, we don't feel like it's it's really time for you to spend your money with us and we don't want you to spend your money with us until it's, you know, makes sense for you to invest that cash. Um, you know, if you want some help tweaking the, you know, 
polishing things up or whatnot, then we can do that. And then there's like, you know, some people come directly to us for that. Um, but yeah, we just, you know, you just got to learn it down gently. If, 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 if it's, you know, if it's just simply not up to scratch, you just sort of, you know, you just got to let them down gently, I guess, find mm. a way to do it. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. without being think- rude and without and without breaking their heart, you know, because there are some, there are some, you know, people out there doing things that, you know, maybe they they think it's a little bit, you know, further ahead than what it is, and and, and that's all it's ever going to be, and and you don't also want to, you know, crush someone and make them feel shit just be, you know, because of your opinion. So yeah, you know, make sure you, you you go about it the right way. Yeah, that's that's the key thing, going about it the right way. But you've got the, you've got the experience to do that. And uh, look, look, something else I like about what what you're doing with House Fox is the House Fox uh, sessions, I suppose you'd call them, the videos that you're releasing. They're, they're yeah, but be- they've they're beautifully put together. I've got to tell you, I watch them quite a bit. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, yeah, they're sick. I mean, it's just super fun. Once again, it's like the whole idea behind that is we invite in some bigger bands and we invite in some smaller bands. Um, you know, like basically I'll invite in some of the bigger bands, the guys that we know through touring and things like that. And, um, and it's rad for them. And it's really good for us to have a, a bigger band come through, you know, bring this attention to the channel. And then the other little thing that we get to do is like I invite in bands that are sort of on the up or on the rise or working hard bands that I see that are, you know, putting the effort in that are, that are going out and touring and, and, you know, putting in the hard yards. And the idea is, you know, we sort of do one big one, one smaller, bigger and smaller, mix it up a little bit, a couple of bigger ones, a couple of smaller ones. And um, it's super fun and it also helps those smaller bands get a little chance to be on that channel with the bigger bands and, and sort of, you know, get a little bit of that shared exposure. Um and it's just fun. It promotes the studio. Promotes it's just a good way to just promote everybody. You know, it's just and it's mm. cool. It's fun. We hang out. We talk some shit on the couch. My interviewing skills aren't aren't crash hot, but I give it a go. Um, but yeah, it's good fun. Basically, no, you, you do a good yeah. job, man. You're authentic, man. I think thing with interviewing is you've just got to be you. And whether that whether you sound like you're Tracy Grimshaw on a current affair or you know some late night Triple J or four Triple Z presenter. Um, you just got to be. Yeah. You just got to be you. But you, you do that well, man. You handle yourself. Oh, thanks. You know, thanks. I, I, yeah, I'm no, lo- it's good fun, man. It's, it's it is good fun. I, I'm looking at these videos too, and there's there's a clear winner. Psychroptic. I've got forty one thousand views compared to. And look, I've got this same yep. issue as well. Um, where where the 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 bigger, more prominent interviews will get thousands of uh, engagements and listens. And some of the other ones that are a bit like less well known, put it that way, well, then you get sometimes not even break a hundred thereabouts. And uh, but look, I, I like you. I like what you're talking about. There, you're giving everybody the same platform to shine. And then and you're and you're doing the same thing as well. So mm. you know you're off chatting to to all these huge artists and huge people, and then you're chatting with you know smaller bands that are on the rise and and you know middle level bands and all that kind of stuff and and you're you're essentially doing the same thing you know like those bigger guys are going to are essentially the ones that are going to bring the numbers into your your podcast hmm. um and people are scrolling through the podcast and they're checking out you know these big they're, they're there for the big name and then they scroll down and they see this other name and they go oh I've heard that I'll have a listen to that you know and then and then that helps them as well so it's a similar thing really 
Yeah, I've got I've got a pretty interesting thing going on at the moment where my Australian audience share is down to about I don't even think I'm at fifteen percent at the moment. Well over fifty percent is from the states, which is pretty normal. You get that where where so much comes from the United States because it's a big commercial market. But uh, just trying to work out mm. how I can uh, bring more listeners from Australia uh, because there's obviously more commercial opportunities if I do it that way. Um, from the perspective that, well, I haven't sort of fleshed all of my ideas out yet. So, but uh, yeah, I've, it's just interesting that I've noticed that. And I think a lot of that's got to do with, to be honest, most of the people that I interview aren't from Australia. They're from abroad. So you're yeah. getting a, a lot of, so you're yep. getting more, when, you, when you're talking to guys like Eric Rutan, he's interla- interla- internationally renowned and well-known. So you, you will get a very even spread of people from across the globe listening to something like that. Whereas some of these um, yep. smaller local Bands, uh, particular some of the bands, or I, I truly enjoy. Um, God, what's the name of the? Um, oh, I've got a mental blank. I always do this, mate. So, Firestarter, uh, Adam Weston from uh, Birds of Tokyo, his label, his um, disc, Disty, um, Firestarter. I interview okay. a, a lot of artists on Firestarter. Actually, pretty much anybody they want to send to me, I'll have a chat. And uh, that's a lot of fun too, uh, talking to some of the local artists because you're talking to nineteen and twenty year olds about how they're getting their DJ careers and this sort of thing up off the ground. And I learn a lot too because I don't know a lot about how those sort of artists do their thing um, these days. But uh, look, I'll change strategy, mate. Let's have a a topic, sorry, and let's have a chat about Black Renault because I do like your band, man, and I'm not just saying that. I I think um, it's, it's rare for me to, being a career bass player, it's rare for me to like a band that doesn't have a bass, but I mean, you don't miss it with you guys, yeah, do you? Yeah. It's a huge sound. Yeah, it's it's um, it just all happened by by chance. That too, you know, we were getting together and we we're jamming at the start of things, and um, you know, we we didn't have a bass player yet. We we're trying a few people out, and you know, we just weren't weren't really quite gelling with the right person. And then we were sort of like, oh, maybe we just go play some gigs and. You know, we'll, maybe we'll just do this, play a couple of gigs, and we might meet meet some people at the show or something. You know, and then we sort of started to do it, and then we're like, "Oh, hang on a sec, maybe we just do this. This works." Um, and it's super simple. It's not like uh, like it's a huge, you know, wall of sound, but it's not um, some crazy setup. It's just essentially, you know, he, he runs three amps, so it sounds a bit, you know, excessive, of course, but it sounds good. And, um, but it's just two guitar amps and a bass amp and an octave pedal going to the bass amp, like just split the signal three ways. Uh, the two guitar rigs, just, you know, slightly different tones, doing things, you know, just creating that one, one guitar tone really. And then, um, and then just an oct- everything he's playing, just going, you know, every, all six strings, everything he's playing, going through an octave pedal, coming out a bass amp. Um, and that's it. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not like reinventing the wheel or anything like that. It, just um it just works and we, we tune really low so you know you sort of add that already playing in a very low tuning mm. uh to the equation and and it just sounds yeah like tons of bottom end and real fat and, and chunky you know, well, it and, works. It's good. and a great example of it is on the new single battle ready uh i love the song i think it's a it's just another big fat hairy grooving monster of a tune with with your brutal vocal over the top, but something you do very well, and we sort of sort of already mentioned it. But as the video strategy is is awesome, man. I, I was I was watching it uh, <laughs> video. I was watching the video with my kids before, and I've got two daughters, and my eldest daughter hates horror films. Okay, so she was imploring me to turn it off, and I said, 
Look, I don't know how this video is going to win, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be a funny ending and there'll be nothing scary about it. And uh, I tried to explain to her that uh, what, what you went through down there was pretty... God, don't get me wrong when I say this. It was pretty typical of Sydney and some of the experiences I've had in Sydney. <laughs> you know, with people looking at you and chasing after you and stuff. I mean, hardly any of the crime actually yeah. that happens in Sydney is... Uh, yeah. is covered by mainstream media, and there are reasons for that which I won't go into. But uh, I think you nailed it if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, thanks, man. It was pretty funny. It was funny when you mentioned your kids watching it and sort of going, oh, what's going on here? I, went, um, I stopped off at the cafe that the, the scene is, the, the starting scene is in, because it's just it's just a cafe across the road from the studio. Um, so, you know, they're my mates that have that place because I go there every day. And uh, I went in there the other day and I was like, oh man, the, the video's out, I'll show you. So I was showing the guy that owns the cafe and his daughter's on school holidays and she's in there and they're watching it. And she's like, it's just someone screaming the whole time. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> I was just laughing and then his, her dad's like, oh, that's him. And she's like, oh, is that you? And she's like, why are you screaming? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I... <laughs> I like the, uh, it was so funny, just that it's a, a mochaccino yeah. or what is it, soy latte dairy-free mochaccino or whatever it was that you order, you know, that one of those pretentious yep. coffees rather than just a long black or whatever. Um, yep. And uh, being chased like you were uh, and the library cards, or I'm giving it away to everybody who, haven't, who hasn't seen it yet, but uh, you think for all money you're dead, but you're not. You're just being uh, handed your library card, and there's a bit of a uh, a car chase there as well. So you you covered quite a lot of bases with that one. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty fun. It's um, yeah, we're really happy that it came out. We put it together pretty quickly. Uh, really, it was sort of we didn't we didn't really know what we were going to do. Like at the end of last year, or sort of like towards the end of last year, we were thinking about booking a tour, and then Christmas hit and all that kind of stuff, and you know, red zones and all this kind of shit with COVID and blah blah blah. And, so we are like, okay, maybe let's not book a tour. And we started recording that song before Christmas and I was living in the red zone. So Nano couldn't come and visit me because he lives, uh, our guitarist lives in the city and I live on the beaches. Mm -hmm. And um, so he couldn't come and visit me. So we started, we, we tracked the drums before Christmas and then we were going to do the guitars in, in uh, the Christmas break, which just didn't happen. So then, you know, sort of finishing the song up took a little while to get around to doing it. And then we were sort of like, are we going to do a tour? Are we not going to do a tour? And then, and then we we're like, oh, fuck it. Let's just book it. So we booked it all. Well, we booked the whole tour, all the bands, everything within like three weeks. And then nice. like announced the tour. And then we we're like, shit, we better get this video clip put together. So like, it was like, it's funny. I talk about like uh, making sure bands are prepared, you know, that, that come and see me. But um, <laughs> I mean, this year just throws curveballs. You don't like, you know, we didn't. Yeah, it was sort of like normally we would have that sort of the whole thing planned like five months out before, you know, everything fully be ready to go. But um, just with what happened, we were like, oh, like, we're not going to do it now. So we just didn't didn't have the stuff there ready to go and then I was like all right well now we are going to book this thing so let's throw it together and just do it indeed so yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy like that but yeah so then we you know sort of running around getting the video clip done and everything ready to to release in time and um no it came out all right it came out came out really cool it was lots of fun and it's um it's just a fun track overall yeah it's it's, it's killer tune yeah, I, I love that you're you're a, you're a brutally heavy band that doesn't take yourself seriously. 
And I, I think that's that's the key to <laughs> that that's the key to a lot of bands to to getting success. I think there's a lot of the uh, the the more satanic than thou stuff out there, and that's cool too. I'm not knocking that at all because God knows I love a lot of that stuff. But it's always cool to see a band that uh, plays as heavy as what you guys do. Uh, has some good videos. Like, like it seems to be a real Aussie thing, doesn't it? You know, with what you guys and what King Parrot are doing, um, taking the piss out of yourselves slightly. It's it's good, man. It works. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few bands that do it really well. Hammers is a sort of rock band from up on the Gold Coast Byron area. They 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 they've always got really fun video clips as well, and you know they take the piss out of themselves. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just our personality. Like it's just who we are. You know, you just mm. you just got to roll with your personality. We're we're, we're pretty light-hearted, fun people when it comes down to it. Um, we just play aggressive music, but we're we're not, you know, crazy angry people as such. So why make a video clip that makes us look like big, intimidating metalheads? We're not big, intimidating <laughs> dudes. We're fun dudes, fun I guess. Dudes. So, yeah. you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with doing those things if you're a band that is like writing big, intimidating music and really intimidating lyrics and shit like that. Maybe then that's the right thing to do in your video clip. Do some scary stuff. I don't know. Some, some head getting chopped off and rolling down the street. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but but yes. this is not us. So, you know, yeah, we just... Just be yourself. It's like anything. It's sort of it's the same as um, just yeah, sticking true to what you who you are. I guess. Yeah, I'm yeah. on a bit of a trip with bands like you guys at the moment. Uh, I'm a massive Macabre fan, so there I'm still listening to their album that they released last year, and uh, anything which has got a bit of a uh, a sense of humour about it, but still very heavy, mate. I tend to savour at the moment. So, and I think I think with with what the world is going through too, with all this COVID bullshit and all these lockdowns. Um, people need that light relief, even if they're heavy music fans, because because God knows it's it's not been easy. I know in S- Sydney, I think Sydney, I think has probably got through it the best out of any major city, almost anywhere in the Western Hemisphere. Um, in terms of there yeah. wasn't the hard lockdowns, and uh, people could still move about. No, we didn't have that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was, uh, and and for for the so I suppose I mean it might be a moot a redundant point, but uh, COVID with what you're doing. With House Fox, you probably didn't feel it, I suppose, did you? Yeah, I felt it. <laughs> oh, did you? So there I were cancellations. Oh, okay. yeah, that sucked. Uh, yeah, well, so we shut down for like about a month. Um, and because at the time, like it turned out I didn't actually have to, by law, close the door. But um, because I couldn't find an exact answer on it at the time, I did because I didn't want, you know, we didn't know how bad things were so and i didn't want yeah. someone coming into the studio and then leaving and getting sick and then dying like fuck having that on my conscience so you know i'd rather just okay it cost me some money but i'd rather just shut the doors and make sure that that's not going to happen um so i ended up shutting the doors for about a month because i was trying to find an answer on whether i was what category i fell into because it's such a niche business it wasn't obvious mm. You know, we're not a gym, but people are saying, oh, fuck a gym, you know. Probably people are turning up and, I don't know. Anyway, people singing and all this kind of shit. So, sort of shut down for a month. And then after that, I sort of opened up at probably like 30% capacity, like only opening two rooms and, you know, having like a, an hour gap between sessions, making sure everybody left on time. I could get in there and sanitize everything and, hmm. you know these crazy routines and that carried on for a couple of months. Um, so, you know, and then you, you know, like there's like 
oh, you know, we're going to force, you know, the government's like, oh, we're going to force everyone to, um, you know, have the boss is going to make it like deferring rent. And I spoke to my, uh, sorry, not boss, landlord. I spoke mm. to my landlord about that and he was, he was cool straight away. He was like, yep, yeah, cool. We'll defer it, you know, whilst you need to like 50%, um, not 50% off whilst, whilst we can. And then I was like, mate, I don't know if I, I could even do that. Yep. And then, but the reality is like, you're just deferring it. Like you do that for six months and you owe your landlord 20 grand. Um, yeah. So, you know, I quickly went, Hey, I'm not doing that. So I ended up going and like swinging a hammer and joining my mate who's a builder and doing carpentry on the side and working two jobs, mate. It was fucking crazy. It wasn't, Jeez. it wasn't a fun time. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, it was sort of like get up early, go be a carpenter through the day, come back, clean the studio to you know work there then work on the weekend catching up on any mixing or editing or things like that um obviously it all dropped off really abruptly um so it was sort of yeah it was like a, yeah it was, it was pretty full on lost a, lost a bunch of money <laughs> Jesus. Wasn't much fun. well was, i shouldn't have assumed yeah, mate. yeah i mean just just from <laughs> from my vantage point here it looked like sydney was getting through with no dramas but you were being a conscientious business owner and and doing those things you mentioned, but yeah, you, you've got to keep the, yeah, that, that that was the thing that gave people the shits, wasn't it? And it sounds like you've got a decent landlord's landlord mate, but a lot well, of that's people the, don't. That's, that, that, that's, that's yeah. what, yeah, and that's for people like that's why people are fucking screaming so bad because it's like, you know, people go, oh, you guys are all right, you're all walking around, you're going down the beach and all this kind of shit, and it's like, yeah, yeah, we are, but there's all these businesses that like, you know, like the overheads for running the studio is fucking huge. Um, you're paying off business loans, the investment of it all. It's not like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge thing to, to take on. And then to be like, okay, cool. There's absolutely no money coming in and you know, okay, the landlord's a legend and he was cool to defer it, but I still owe him if I don't pay it. So it's like, well, I can't have that happen. Once you sort of, you, you know, you go through this whole panic fucking period of like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Oh, they're going to defer it. Oh, thank God. Oh, hang on a second. I'm just going to owe them heaps of money at the end of this. Then I'm just going to be in heaps of debt, you know? So, you know, it's, it's, it was a real, you know, and like, I, I luckily I've got a trade behind me. I've, I've got a I'm landscaper by trade. I left school when I was young. I did, did a trade and, um, before I jumped into the studio stuff. So I, you know, I'm pretty handy with the tools. I can go and earn a couple of bucks doing that. I'm lucky I can do that because I went and did that. Um, for like six months, basically. Um, but, yeah, you're industrious. You know, you, so you, yeah, I, you got multiple skills yeah, you can know, draw hey, on when the shit hits the fan. Yeah, and there's no, there's no, there's, there's no way I'm gonna like, like, risk losing anything. So it's like, it's after you know the investment, the build, you know, years of building it up. I'm just not gonna let that happen. So just do what you got to do. You know, you work two jobs and you work seven days a week and you make it happen. So it was, it was crazy, man. It was fucking, it was a crazy time. But luckily, came out the other side, and luckily, I just you know worked my butt off and and just didn't let it didn't let it gulp me up. That's that's the key thing is work your ass off, you know. And and unfortunately, a lot of uh, hospitality businesses here on the Gold Coast, mate, have been driven to the wall. I personally, mate, I mean, I, I share my opinion. Oh. I don't give a shit these days. I think it's fucking unconscionable what happened up here. Um with the, the lockdowns and how hard they were. I mean, at least with your premier, mate, there was those surgical lockdowns. So when there was an outbreak, municipalities were locked down without locking down the entire city. And that's the issue there, mate, is confidence, yep. consumer confidence. People don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, crazy oh. shit, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. All of it. It is, it is, brother. It is. But look, you're, you're doing well. Uh, you're, you're bringing the music, the heavy music, to the people, which is just a wonderful thing, mate. We need more of it, frankly. We need more of it. But you guys have cold etiquette, yourself and Dicey. I know, I know Dicey a little bit. I certainly know, know him well enough to be able to say good day and have a chat, that sort of thing. I think you guys are doing God's work with what you're doing there. Um, you know, with the band. Thanks, mate bringing the heavy rock to the people the extreme metal to the people that's another thing you got this tour coming up mate so it's all it's all back back and happening for you it's all back and happening i went to frankie's on uh on sunday night saw king parrot on uh and mountain with the death cult and the um who else pestilent doom and um and the plague on last sunday night at frankie's and it was the first i think it was the first show where it was like fucking all on mosh, mate. Like it was out of control. Oh, I bet it would have been. Um, yeah. It was a pretty good. It was a, it was a pretty good thing to see, just to stand back there and just watch everyone climbing all over each other, um, hanging from the literally hanging from the rafters. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, all right, cool. We're gonna do this again. This is cool. This is this is a good feeling. So uh, yeah, so pretty pretty pretty. I mean, we haven't played a gig. So we we actually haven't played a show since February last year. So by the time we actually get to play again, we'll be 14 months between gigs. By the time we play Sydney again, it will have been a year and a half between our hometown shows because the last Sydney show we did was in 2019 on the on the tour, the album launch tour. Um, just you know, like and that was another thing, you know, like all the COVID shit. Like we were, we just we just launched our debut album, Noise Smasher. Hmm. Uh, we just um. Um, Japan, New Zealand, Australia with I, with I Hate God. It was like 14 shows in 17 days across three countries. It was just working full on. It was so much fun. And then we just come back. We were about to go and do like our own little headline tour um, in support of the album and then basically piss off and go do like Europe and stuff. Like that was the, that was, that was the trajectory. It was like, all right, let's, like, let's go. You know, album's out. Let's, let's get this thing, this, this machine moving. And then, um, and then that whole once again that whole COVID just like like mate, so many other bands and so many other people are just fucking rooted. So you know, and then we've basically sat on our hands for a year since then, trying mm. to you know just wait like everybody else, writing and putting music together and stacking up the riffs, stacking up the song ideas, and and um, you know, we we definitely love recording. We definitely love writing music and, and putting all that stuff together. Obviously, we're at the studio, so I love recording there. But we fucking playing shows, man. That's what we absolutely love. We slop on. So, what, what was it like yeah, touring getting with back, um, getting back out and playing again? Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's it, you've got the trajectory there uh, for for international recognition, which isn't easy. I mean, Mike Williams and and Jimmy, mate. I mean, that would have been a hell of a tour with those two guys. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was super cool. That was super, super nice. Well, Jimmy wasn't on it because he was, um, I think he was ill or something. There was something going on. So mm. he, he didn't actually come play guitar. They had a feeling guitarist. But um, Paul, who's just a mate of theirs from, 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 from New Orleans. But um, yeah, Mike, Mike's a crazy dude, man. <laughs> he's, he's, he's cool. He's cool. Um, yeah, we, yeah, that was that was a, that was a pretty wild tour. Those dudes, those dudes party. They still party, fucking hard. Like they're legit. 
Like they're straight up legit. Uh, yeah, totally. You know, I, I know what like, you're saying. We go, we go on tour and we, we have a few beers and you know, like there's, you know, you, there's, there's some particular nights where you, you hit it up and you have a big party. But for me, a lot of the time, I, I, I'm, I'm conscious not to just get wrecked every night because um, if I did, I'd, I'd lose my voice. You know, like a, not not from the screaming every night, but from carrying on like a pissed idiot, yelling and you know being silly <laughs> yeah. after the show. I, I'd end up. It's happened. You know, I've done it. You end up losing your voice because you're just carrying on till three in the morning like an idiot. But um, but no, nah, those dudes like I always find that interesting too. Like, like I can't do that. I can't go and drink twelve beers every night of the week and still have a voice. I can't. I just can't. I just, I've got to be smart about that. But like that dude, mate, he he fucking smashed a couple of bottles of wine every single night and just get up and scream his head off. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. take absolutely no care of your body whatsoever. <laughs> like, like, it's fucking loose, man. He's loose. I, I bet. I mean, I, I, don't know, I don't know how he does it. I'm 42 and I can barely drink anymore, dude. Like, if I drink, if like if I had, over Easter, one of those nights, I had two bottles of wine. I woke up the next day and I barely knew my own name. Um, it was, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting to a point where I just, I want to drink, believe me, but I just can't. It just, just doesn't compute anymore. It's it's just one of those things I've got to give up. But, but to your point there, mate, uh, Mike is just, yeah, just- he's, the real deal, isn't he? He he lives it and talks about it yeah, and sings man. about it. The fucking real deal. Like, you know, like I think, um, you know, like you, you, you hear those stories of bands, like people like Slash and fucking, you know, these dudes are just partied fucking hard through through their through their like their whole careers and, and especially I think um, and that's obviously doesn't happen a bit now, but especially like, you know, the eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties, you know, through those through those eras where I think shit was way wilder than what it probably is these days. And, um, but those dudes are legit. Like, they're fucking, I think the new uh, Stories of, of Nomadian and Travels or whatever it is. What's the new album called? Something like that. The, the new I Had Got album. There's something, something about Nomadian. Stories history, of Nomadian. Uh, a history of nomadic behavior. History, yeah. history of nomadic behavior. That's it. Yeah. And, and, and that's like, like, I guess that's what it is, you know, like for, because I've never been in a band that just t- plays 150, 200 shows a year. I've, you know, we play in a band that does maybe 50 gigs a year or something, you know? Hmm. But those dudes, literally, they just, like, they travel from this country to that country. They go home, like, we're chatting to them. And they're like, yeah, we go home for two weeks, and then they just fuck off again. And they go off on tour somewhere else again. And then they come home for, after, like, you know, two months. They come home for a couple of weeks, and then they piss off again and do another, another two months somewhere else, you know? And, like, that's literally their life, just suitcase suitcase year in year out year in year out and it's just like it's the stuff we all dream about but it's 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 fucking wild when you think about it when you actually think about like it's a hectic life it's crazy those two two live it man they live it up (laughs) yeah yeah but you go very cool you're you're pretty much on that that uh i i don't know what else you how else you call it but the cohort with the house core record guys aren't you you know the Phil Anselmo thing. Uh, I mean, no, King... I'm... Yeah. yeah, I mean we're, we're we're good mates with King Parrot and 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 Matt from King Parrot like helps manage our band and things, but we're not we're not a part of um, like Housecore. Uh, we we don't you know like we just we, we just manage by Matt essentially. Uh-huh. Um, so we're not we're not really on 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 Housecore or anything like that. Um, yeah. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I don't but, know. But I guess you know. I guess, but we've, I guess we've got a bit of a connection, you know, through Youngy. You know what I mean? So yeah. And Youngy, like Youngy, did he? Did is that how the the uh, the introduction to Childbite came about, or was that something else? Yeah, oh, well, exactly. That's, just, that, that's how Childbite stopped in at our studio and did the um, the, the the thing, um, the the live session. Because um, they were touring with King Parrot, you know, we're mates of those guys. I actually had them in; they they were in on Monday. We've, we've got a live session coming out with King Parrot uh, in the next couple of months. They've just done one with us, yeah, just on Monday. Um, and yeah, so when 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 Childbite came and did that, I mean, Squizzy from King Parrot's in the Childbite in the live session with Childbite playing a song with them because they were all, all King Parrot. They were all crashing in the studio that night. They were doing that that tour that they did. Uh, what was it? Two years ago, three uh, yeah. years ago, They're something Phil, like that. Phil Anselmo and the Illegals to a, yeah, yeah so, another one. Yeah. No, the one before that, when they actually had Childbite came out and did um, they did like a massive tour with King Parrot. I think it was like twenty something dates. Oh yeah, the regional, the regional everywhere. Australian tour, wasn't it? They went to like Townsville and places yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, they played heaps of shows. So that was that tour, and and yeah, we just we we met those guys through Youngy. They stopped off at the studio, and we went. You know, hung out and all that kind of stuff. It was cool. Um, it was funny actually when when they when Phil came out and did the um, the the Phil and Tom on the Illegals tour. I took a couple of the boys for a surf. Actually, like Derek, the bass player, and Blue, the drummer. Yeah. Uh, they came around the studio. We we took them for a surf and, and hung out with them, which was pretty cool. Nice. Um, and we played a few shows with those guys on that tour as well, which was uh, which was wild. It was funny, you know, like backstage at Frankie's and I'm trying to get a beer and there's someone in my way and I'm like, oh, excuse me, man. And then I just realise I'm asking, I'm like, I'm, I'm like telling, you know, asking Phil to get out of my way so I can get a beer. <laughs> I'm like, I hear this voice go, I hear this voice go, oh yeah, sorry, brother. I'm like, oh yeah, brother, you know, like, yep. like as I'm trying to scooch past and then I just, I hear the voice and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> Phil, what the fuck, you know, because I didn't realise he was there yet and it was just, um, he was just a totally fucking cool dude, man. Super, super humble, super welcoming, and yeah, he was like, "Oh, hey, man, what's your name?" You know, gives you, shakes your hand, gives you a little hug. Good to meet you, man. Thanks for coming along. All this kind of shit. I was just like, "Fuck, that's pretty cool." <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I interviewed Phil cool. on that on that on that tour cycle actually, and uh, I ended up sending him some rugby league videos afterwards, and he thanked me for that. And he's he's, oh, he's just a fucking good guy, Phil. Um, and I was so I got to say I was nervous before that conversation because I'm a huge Pantera fan. Fuck like, yeah. they're like I still listen to Pantera fucking regularly, right? I had on um, mm. uh, what's this? Uh, God, I'm shocking with names these days. The third album, anyway, with the blue cover, far beyond driven. God, I'm shocking with names. But uh, anyway, uh, I, I just had that on recently. But talking to him, man, yeah, I just got a vibe that he was very down to earth and a very cool guy. Yeah, yeah like oh, man, that, that, that was that was wild. And then like when we did the last, I think it was one of the, was it the last show. I can't remember. It was one of the shows we were in Tassie, and then um, it was the last one. It was in Tassie, and you know, like. Well, what a legend too! Like you know, he's got, he goes from playing like these fucking massive European fucking festival shows, like you know, huge outdoor shit, and then he's still fucking down for playing the Brisbane Hotel in 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 Hobart, which is yeah. like a two hundred and fifty head room. I think there was three hundred and fifty squeezed in that night, but like <laughs> you know, he's still <laughs> up for it. And then we're backstage having a drink and, and whatnot, and and they're all like, "Yeah, man, you getting up and singing with us tonight?" And I'm like, "Um." 
for real? And they're like, yeah, man, fucking get up and sing a song. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I got up and sung some uh, Walk with Phil. Oh, my God. Um, and I was just looking up, and I was just looking over, and it's funny, there's a video of it. And I get on stage, and the first thing I did was just grab him straight on the ass. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at me in the video. It's funny. I walk on stage, and, and, and I, I, you can't see what I'm doing. And he just looks at me with this, this like, impressed look, and he's like, nice ass grab. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good bloke, man. He, like, yeah. Literally just, yeah, he's good, man. We go verse for verse. Like, you know, he sings a line, I sing a line, he sings a line, I sing a line. And then, like, in the middle of the song, you know, the solo is wailing, and he comes up and grabs me, man. He's grabbing me by the back of the head, and he's just fucking looking me in the face going, fuck yeah, brother, this is fucking sick. Like, just frothing, like nice. having a mad time. And I'm just like, yeah, bro. <laughs> man, that, but, I'm just going, what the, what the that, fuck is going on right now? This is nuts. Like, what is happening? This is so weird. It's, it is weird, isn't it? I mean, I think people who don't do what we do in terms of interact with these guys don't know how weird it is to actually talk to, and I'll say it, one of your heroes, childhood heroes, teenage heroes, and yeah. you meet them, and they're cool as shit, and you're like, fuck, man. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've hung out backstage with, with, with plenty of these bands. I had a big moment with the guys in Corrosion of Conformity that way, and um, yeah. I, got a, I, I, I was, uh, you know, John Howarth at all? John or John's a good fucking good guy actually. He organised for me to go backstage with the guys, but I was literally the only one back there with the band just as they got off stage and were toweling yep. down, having a few bevies. And I was like, I felt like I should not be here. But man, I, I spoke to Woody and Pepper and uh, the the new drummer. It was literally a week prior or days prior. Reed had died, um, so I I was very careful not to overstep say my wealth welcome or yeah. anything like that but i wouldn't say i knew reed but i had i'd had a conversation with reed as well and uh mm. you know reed reed had his challenges you probably know about reed he, he had some challenges there's no doubt about that and he, he died he, he died well before his time as far as i'm concerned but the point being is that i hung out with corrosion of conformity and fuck i'd heard some stories that they tell people to get fucked man they could not have been cooler you know that they were just very down-to-earth yep. guys just they got that i was a fan I'd somehow jagged my way into the backstage. I just said, fucking kill a show, guys. And they remembered me from the conversations that I'd had, the podcast interviews. Sick. You know, it's always nice when that fucking happens. Mad. Same with the Metal Church guys, Dude, and there's, man, there's been is... a few others, you know. Yeah, we, we had a moment like that with Red Fang when we played a show with them, and, and they mm. were just like, you know, you're kind of nervous to say hello to these guys. Like, oh, I get a bit nervous when I'm, you know, looking up to my peers and people like that. Like, oh, hey, you know, you're going to come off... Don't want to come across like some idiot, and um, and then like, and they were just like, "Oh, hey guys, what's your name?" Well, they were just they were just like they were coming up to talk to us, and interact with us, just to say good day and, and interact, <laughs> and just be like, "Yo, what's going on? How are you guys doing? What's happening?" You know, and we're just like, "Oh, fuck, how cool are these dudes?" Oh man, do you guys want some food? Help yourself to the beers. Help yourself to the, you know. Oh, thanks, man. Like it was cool. It's really cool. Yeah, I had it's a nice chat too. When those little things happen, you'd have those moments. Oh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, and I had a chat to Aaron from that band actually for the for the podcast. He was a cool guy. It was actually the, probably that the two with drunk mums back in early two thousand and eighteen. Um, so it's probably that. Yeah, that. that's that was the tour that we we played with them on. We played at the Newcastle show with them. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's killer. That's what I, look. I, I made the point with Eric today because you know, can you believe it? I spoke to Eric for almost three hours today, um, mm. mate. And I think if you jet like what. And I'll say it, like what we both are about this music, it's in our souls, it's who we are. 
you're genuine and you're sincere, man. I've found that there's very little difference between the people who actually create the music that we all love and and fa- a fan like myself. Like in terms of where we, we basically got into uh-huh. conversations about Iron Maiden and Metallica and all sorts of other shit. We're just vibing and you kind of forget at some point. You don't completely forget, but you ease into the conversation to the point where you just feel like you're talking to an old friend. Yeah, you forget, you forget you're actually talking to like some fucking basically heavy metal fucking legend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Just like, you're just like, you're just chatting away. Yeah, you're just chatting away. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, that was what was weird with, with Eric because I'm like, dude, I must have listened to his music and Hate Eternal and, of course, Domination, Morbid Angel. Morbid Angel are my all time favorite band. So, I mean, yeah. more, Domination, I know, back to front, but Hate Eternal's fantastic. Uh, as well, and now he's in Cannibal Corpse, which is what gave me the opportunity to have a chat to him. Um, so, uh, mm. uh, you know, like there's three of my all-time favourite bands right there, and he's in all three, so or has been in all three at some point. And uh, it's mm. it's it, but what what other genre of music would give you the opportunity as a regular suburban bloke as I am to do this? There's just no other genre that would give you the opportunity to do this. That's the truly, you know, the egalitarian and the all-encompassing nature of extreme metal. Yep. You know? Yeah, I, I think that's a, yeah. It's it's um. I think like especially within our genre as well, it's just we're pretty 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 welcoming too. I think also something something happens as well as as people get older as well. Sometimes you know like, um, you know like. It's, Sometimes the people you meet that are the coolest are the dudes that have been doing it for a while and are older. You know, not like the the newest, youngest, like. I absolutely like agree with you. Kind of that's that's been my experience. I mean? like they've been around. Yeah. The, they've been around the bush. They've, 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 you know, they've been around the bush, man. They've done it. They're, they're fucking. They've had that whole. Maybe, maybe they have or they haven't had that moment of of, of the ego, but like. They're generally the ones that are just like, hey, man, what's going on? You know, like, way, way cooler than sometimes, you know, sometimes you meet these, um, sometimes you meet some other, some other, other, other bands or some, some, some of the, I, I want to word this right because you don't want to fucking rag on people unnecessarily. I don't actually find this happening very often in our scene, which is really good. But, you know, you sometimes you find those, you come across those egos and it's often quite unjustified. Oh, it, it does fucking you know, happen. The man. people that like yeah. that, that that would justify having this huge ego, they don't actually have the ego. Like, in, you know, they're the people that you go like. If they told me to fuck off, then I'd be fair enough. I'd be like, oh, that's cool, man. I've got to shake your head at least, all stoked, you know. Yeah. No, it's it's been. <laughs> but they end up being the, the coolest one. That's what you're talking about. Has been my experience exactly, and I've, I've made that point so many times on the podcast that the seasoned guys like the Phils and uh, the guys in Corrosion of Conformity, the guys in Metal Church, man, they're the first ones to offer you a beer backstage. I can tell you that now. You walk in yep. there and they're like, "Hey, you got a beer? All right, you don't. Let's get you one." You know this sort of shit, and you're like, "All right, uh, this is pretty fucking cool." You know they give you a hug and stuff, and you're like, "Fuck, man, this is yeah. my four, my inner fourteen year old is oh, going man, off right about now." Dude, I'd met Phil for fucking like two seconds and someone introduced, you know, me to him saying, oh, this is, you know, this is Millie, he plays in Black Rhino, they're supporting tonight. And he was like, he was like, he yeah, grabbed my hand and he's like, man, thank you so much for being here, man. We, you know, fucking thanks for coming down. Like, for thanking me for being there. And I was like, oh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> <Cool>. yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, 
Well, but you, you love well, that hu- well, you love that humility. And look, I've had look. The truth is, I have had some. I wouldn't say, even say negative interactions, but they're not positive interactions with local bands. And uh, I, I, I've got to yeah. be honest, man. I unless it comes through someone who's seasoned, and that's the key word, brother. Unless they're seasoned like yourself and Dicey and Adam and the Firestarter guys, I probably won't do interviews with a lot of local bands anymore. And 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 a lot of that yeah. just comes that oh, I've had some pretty fucking weird experiences. I got to say, nothing weird like they're yeah, gone really. all, gone yeah. all cable guy on me, but they're just the interviews are they're weird interviews. You know what I'm saying? Like they're like people have sent me their bios, and then I've asked a question based on what their bio says, and then they've corrected me that no, that that's not true. Where do you get that information from? It's like, dude, I got it from your fucking bio. Like I don't am I is, am I on candid camera or what the hell's going on you know and so I just <laughs> I just won't do it anymore man I mean don't get me wrong I'm I'm a nobody I'm not saying I'm fucking anybody I'm a nobody but I get so many great opportunities with internationally renowned artists I don't need to suffer through the fucking local yokel who wants to yell at me about their bio you know what I mean so I just don't do it anymore just don't need to deal with those with, with the, uh, the the ego that that, yeah. that can arise on occasion. Yeah, and it's 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 almost always yeah. been with bands that have contacted me directly and not gone through a gate, gatekeeper like yourself. So I just don't do it anymore. You know, I mean, I've gone busy. I'm not, no no arrogance from my part whatsoever, man. I want to talk to everybody, but I don't want to have punishing conversations. It's just I'm too busy, man. To be honest yep. with you, like with everything, with, I've got two kids here and. And, uh, you know, with the wife working a lot and with me, uh, with all my media commitments and all the rest of it outside of what I'm doing here and write, writing the books, I'm in the State Library at the moment. Yeah, I uh, mean, it's, 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 you know, what is it? it's like 10, 10 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night now where, you know, you're, you're essentially still working, putting your podcast together and, and doing all that sort of stuff. If you're going to do it, you want to make sure that you're having, you know, fucking entertaining cool people that are worth, yeah. uh, you know. Well, it's, 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 it's probably the same for you, man. There's just some bands that you get a funny and off vibe from and you think, I don't really want to punish myself by working with these guys even if I get a $1,200 earn from this. There's no point. Because I think that I definitely feel oh, that way now that I'm well into my 40s, man. I just, I'm not doing things, man. There's, there's enough sacrifice and punishment out there than to actually actively choose it, if you know what I'm saying. You know, there's... We're, we, yeah, we, oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. That's, 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 you know, like we uh, make sure that we don't, you know, end up in those situations where we've got to work with those people either, to be honest. I don't want to work with a band that's a fucking punish or a person. Yeah, it's, it's not just, like, just some people in general are punishing, whether they, you know, fucking you can earth. get them in any in, in any walk of life. Um, I'm just trying to avoid those people. <laughs> oh, it's, it, <laughs> They're it's... easy and fun to hang out with and easy to work with and, and you can sort of, you know, you, Hey, can you do this? Yeah, I can do that. Yep, you know, it's no problem, and, and it's all good to go, really. Or, or they blame you when things go wrong. <laughs> so if something goes wrong, no matter what yeah. the issue is, it's your fault. Because I, I dealt with that a lot when I worked at Telstra, and you're like, "How the hell did you manipulate yeah, yeah. that?" So as though it's it's not, it might just not be my fault individually, but collectively, somebody else's fault, not yours. And and you just get the shits after a while. So I think that's 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 the main reason for me. Doing a lot of the not one of them. It's one of the reasons for me doing a lot of the writing with guys like Pete and this uh, doing a Hare Krishna devotees book at the moment. I'm just doing things that I want to do and made I'm basically on a third of the money that I was on a few years ago. But I don't give a shit. I'm far happier. Yeah, you know? that's the key, mate. That's the key. Mate, Being happy with what you do every day is uh, 100% the key. 
It is, brother. It is. But uh, look, I better let you go. I, I, I sincerely appreciate the time to have a chat. It's been a killer chat too, by the way. I like it when we can just talk about all of this sort of stuff. Um, you know, I'll, I'll try and get along to the show when you guys come up here and play. You're playing at uh, Marsden, I think, aren't you? Yeah, we're playing the uh, we're playing the Goldie Nose uh, Desert Clubhouse, and mm. um, and is the Mansfield Tavern. Mansfield, Mansfield yeah, that's right, Mansfield. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, pro- I'll probably try to get along yeah, to that one, eh? And if I can, uh, I'll probably, I'll probably just tap you on the shoulder, mate, and uh, <laughs> say, "Hey, mate, how you going?" Yeah, I'll let, let me. If, you, if you're going to come down, let me know, and I'll try and put a get you on the door or something. Okay, sweet man. Yeah, uh, that'd be awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah no, I appreciate no, that. Bus, let us know. All right, man. No worries. Sure. Okay, brother. Um, I'll, uh, awesome. I'll. I'll wrap everything up, mate. And if you're cool with everything we've spoken about, I certainly am. I'll just release it as it is as a podcast episode. Man, totally cool. That'd be great. Appreciate, uh, appreciate your time. Massively, massively appreciate your time and support. It's, it's very cool. No worries, brother. Look, I'll, I'll try and get onto some of these other. You've sent through the, or you or Dicey have sent through the Ementor and a few others as well, Werewolves, and I'll, I'll try and get onto some of those for, to have a chat too if they're still available. Oh yeah, cool. Um, Dicey's handling those ones, but um, yeah, no, no doubt they'd be up for it. Yeah, yeah, I'll hit him up. No worries. All good, man. Well, thanks so much yeah, for the chat again. Sick. Appreciate it. Sick. Awesome, bro. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Okay, catch up. Bye. Bye bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name is Andrew Mackay Smith, and that interview subject was Ryan Miller from the Sydney band Black Reno. Thanks so much for tuning in.